that's in the study of the book of Acts. If you're looking for the class that's dealing with um, patriarchs, faith of the patriarchs and so forth, that's over in the annex. And there's also a ladies class going on in the chapel. Otherwise, here you are. I'm going to go through a list of sick people that I have and uh, some reminders of some things that are coming up. Then we're going to sing a song, have a prayer, and begin our Bible study. Irene Baker is Melinda Hester's mother. She has terminal cancer. Martha Eaton's recovering from foot surgery. Um, physically, she's doing better. She has ups and downs emotionally, so let's, let's do our best to encourage her. What report did she get? Yay. Okay. Okay, so she's making a lot of progress. Wow. Okay. So maybe in three weeks, she's actually going to have the boot off. She's been walking on it already. So we're very thankful for that. The wounds are closed and she's, uh, they're getting her off of her antibiotics. That's, that's great. Austin Wentz has over 100 treatments left to go. So please remember him. They're very, very trying on him physically. Terry Green is undergoing treatment for cancer. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to have surgery on the 15th. Ann Stevens has several health problems. Kim Fowler, is Kim in here? I meant to ask her, I saw her, but I, I wasn't close enough to talk with her, but she had gone to the doctor 
on Monday, but I still saw her in a boot. So she's still making progress, I hope, and we'll keep praying for her. Don Dawson is doing some better. Connie Mooney is recovering from hip replacement surgery. Sue James is Rick Warner's friend. She has cancer. Quitman Wigginton is at Landmark Assisted Living. He has a really nice room, <laughs> but he liked being home, don't we all? Uh, Geraldine Taylor, we've been praying for her for months, but she passed away on Monday. The funeral services are tomorrow at 2 p.m. There's a visitation from 12 until 2 that's taking place at Boonville Funeral Home. Randy Stutz, he's better every time I ask him. So either you're making really small incremental increases with your goodness or you're nearly there. But keep praying for Randy. Uh, Sterling Phillips, that's Jody's father. He had heart valve replacement surgery last uh, Thursday and he's doing great. Uh, Dale's uncle Wade's still missing. He's been missing since June the 22nd. Jennifer Bonham has several health problems. Justin Moreland's recovering from injuries sustained in the changing of a tire. It, it exploded while he was working on it. Carolyn Wilcutt's recovering from her broken femur and shoulder. Dorothy Hester's been here, and she's still recovering from a hairline fracture and a chip bone in her foot. Uh, Jolene Taylor, we mentioned she had severe uh, surgery, intensive kind of back surgery, but uh, Brenda said she's returned back to work and is doing great. So thank you so much for your prayers. Nada Bullock's at home uh, under Trina's care. Catherine Floyd is at Landmark. She's undergoing therapy. She says, please visit. So if you have the opportunity, please go by and, and give her a visit. Turner Foster's recovering from a broken wrist. Samantha Carlson was supposed to have an MRI on her foot find out what's going on. The doctor said it'd be a couple of more weeks before they know something. So she'd appreciate you remembering her. Chris Langley's uncle who had a kidney removed, he's doing very well. Uh, Northeast night is this Sunday. There, there are still some uh, sheets you can sign up for. We've got, I, I don't know if they're gone or not. I'm just gonna tell you that over in the annex, there were at least a gallon cans, potatoes, green beans, baked beans, if you can help, please do. We need a lot of food. Uh, Chris Beard also would appreciate some help, wouldn't you, Chris? He's nodding this way, amen. You know, he has a busload of kids he brings on Sunday. He's gonna bring them Sunday, but imagine you are responsible for that busload of kids while we have this mass of folks. That'd be hard to do, wouldn't it? So he would like some volunteers to help watch uh, one of those children. If you could do that, please let him know. Norma, who's uh, Joan's sister, um, she had some teeth pulled. She's still on her antibiotic. So please remember her. She's really struggling. Uh, Melinda Hester had shoulder surgery yesterday, and uh, it, it went well, although it was more extensive than they thought it was going to be. So we'll pray for her recovery. Marianne Holly is having surgery on the 23rd. She has a brain, a massive brain tumor. Tony Presley is to have some bypass surgery following consultation with a doctor. Charlotte, is Charlotte here? There she is. 
Okay, Charlotte's grandson, Baylor, had a wreck in a 4 by 4 Had surgery on Monday. He did great. Uh, probably going to be in a wheelchair and a walker for about 6 to 12 weeks. And the young man that was driving, uh, he also had some internal injuries, some cracked ribs, broken femur, hip, shoulder. I don't like those things. They're very dangerous. So if you use them, please, please, please be careful. But aside from all of that, here are some young people that are seriously injured. So please remember them as they're recovering. Uh, Nicole Estes, that's Jim and uh, Janita's daughter-in-law. She has lupus and COVID. And so that, that creates a complication, you can imagine. And this is a note we got today from Dewey and Liz Jackson. Uh, please pray for my brother-in-law. He started his chemo and radiation treatments last week. He'll have to take the treatments for six weeks. He was taking his treatment yesterday and fainted. They had to call the ambulance, was admitted to the hospital in Corinth. He's supposed to get out today. They're not sure why he passed out. Could have been dehydration, low blood pressure. He's had a rough time recently in the death of his wife, and that's, I guess, Liz's sister. Uh, that was back in August, uh, and uh, diagnosed February with lung cancer. So just please remember the Jacksons. Cassie Stewart's father-in-law, Jerry Stewart's at Magnolia Hospital awaiting a blood transfusion, and tomorrow is supposed to have surgery to remove his appendix and to get a large mass um, out of his colon. And then uh, Debbie Sailors, this is a friend of the Roberts. She has a, uh, she's diabetic. She has a blister on her foot. It's very serious, very concerned about. And she's requested our prayers too. A lot of people, isn't it? A lot of people suffering. Okay, we're going to be praying for these folks here in a minute. Let's sing a song. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Yes. Patty. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, let's, let's sing a song together and then we'll have our prayer and have our Bible study. Number 405. Now, if Jesus will go with you, where would you go? 
anywhere. That's the answer. Four hundred five. It may be in the dark. Here without the Savior's heart. It may be in the sunshine that I be survive. But this one thing I know, if it be hard to bear, if Jesus is to me, I'll go anywhere. If Jesus is to pray with me. Father, thank you for a beautiful day. Thank you for the blessings that you bring to us. And we pray, Lord, that being showered with all these blessings, that we'll be a conduit through which those blessings can flow to others. We pray for those who are sick. We pray for their betterment, that they'll get well, or at least for their comfort. And please use us, Lord, to facilitate that. Pray for Irene Baker that she'll have good days. Bless Martha Eaton and her recovery. She'll have good days. Bless Austin Wentz that he'll bear up under the massive treatments. Pray for Terry Green that his surgery will be a success. Bless Ann Stevens that her health will return. With Kim Fowler, we pray that her foot's going to heal the way it should. Bless Don Dawson that he can be back with us very soon. We pray for Connie Mooney that she'll have full recovery from her surgery. Bless Sue James in her battle with cancer. We pray for Quitman that he'll have good days where he's living at Landmark. We pray for Chopper and for his family and the death of his mother. We pray for their comfort, especially, especially tomorrow during the, the funeral proceedings. We pray for Randy Stutz that he's on the right road to recovery and will have a full recovery and just regain all of the use of his leg that he desires. We pray for Sterling Phillips that he'll have a full recovery. We pray for the Davis family who has had nothing but questions for 50-some days. And we just we pray, Lord, that something will develop. We pray your blessings on Jennifer Bonham. 
with her health issues, bless Justin Moreland in his recovery, and Carolyn Wilcutt in hers. We pray for Dorothy Hester that uh, she'll feel well enough to be back with us. We pray for Jolene Taylor. We're thankful that she's doing so well, and we pray she'll have a full recovery. Bless Nada Bullock that she and Trina will really have some precious time together. We pray for Catherine Floyd as she's recovering, going through therapy. Bless Turner Foster that he'll have a, a full recovery with his wrist. We pray for Samantha Carlson that whatever's the problem with her foot will be discovered and she can heal properly from her injuries. We're thankful that Bill Langley's doing so much better. We pray for our effort with uh, the kids coming over Sunday with Northeast and pray that we'll be able to touch uh, some of those young lives. They'll want to be uh, a part of the work here. We pray for uh, Chris that he'll get the help he needs for Sunday. And Lord, by the way, just thank you for the heart he has to bring those kids and take the time to drive that bus over and pick them up. And we just pray your blessings on him, the work he does. We pray for Norma that she's going to be able to overcome this infection and be on the road to recovery. We ask your blessings on Melinda Hester that her shoulder will recover well. We pray for Marianne Holly, who has surgery soon. We pray for Tony Presley and the surgery that he's facing. We ask your blessings on Baylor as he's recovering from his surgery and injury, injuries from the accident. We also pray for uh, the driver of that vehicle that he'll also recover well and be with his family as uh, no doubt there's a lot of anxiety here. We pray for Nicole Estes that she'll do well uh, with her treatments for uh, COVID and also complications with lupus. We pray for uh, the Jackson uh, family and for the sickness that's in it. And we just pray, Lord, that uh, the surgery that's going to take place will be a success. We pray for Cassie Stewart's father-in-law, that his surgery will be a success. Bless De Debbie Sailors, who has... Uh, a problem with her foot, we pray that can be treated and that she'll respond well with that. We pray for Sam Center, who was involved in the four-wheeler accident, had several injuries. We pray for his recovery. Bless Bobby Petty, who has lung cancer. And be with Bobby Baker, that's dealing with these blood clots related to the COVID infection. Lord, a lot of people... And we just pray that you'll bless them in their recovery. And be with us now tonight, Lord, as we are studying your word together. And help, help our study to be a benefit to all of us in terms of our knowledge of your word, our perception of your intentions with it, and also the application to our current situation. Help us to be well grounded in the scriptures so that we can share it with other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, as already said, we're in the study of the book of Acts, so I encourage you to get your Bible and open it up there. I, I, would, I would love for you to be reading through the book as we go along. It's only 28 chapters. They go very quickly, so if you wanted to, read them once a week or whatever. Uh, if you're a very avid, quick reader, read it once a day. When you have that kind of diligence in the Word of God, that, that word is going to stick. And you're going to see things 
in it that maybe you've never seen before. Okay, so we're going to look at these first two chapters, and I laid out a pattern, a synopsis, if you will, uh, of, of the book. You'll find that general synopsis in verse 8. We'll roll through that here in just a minute. But the whole book has its own purpose. You and I, as we're going through the book, we're going to, we're going to be looking for a couple of things. One, in the initial process, is understanding the establishment of the Lord's church, the fulfillment of His promise to do so. Secondly, we're going to learn what it is to be converted, what it takes of the nine examples that we find in the book of Acts, what conversion really looks like, what the Bible describes it. And then beyond that, there will be some other things, time allowing, that we'll discover as, I think, important lessons that not only help us to have a better understanding of the book, but a I like to have a big picture idea of what the book's doing. So that's, that's part of the agenda of going through these first two chapters verse by verse. If we can get this, we're going to get a lot of what comes after. So the former account I made, stop right there. What was the former account? Okay, the book of Luke. Okay. Luke is a what profession? A physician, and he traveled with, as we saw last time, the Apostle Paul. So, m- most likely, um, the book of Acts, which was, has a Gentile flavor to it. Most people think Luke was designed to be read as a gospel account of the life of Jesus by Gentiles, which makes sense because the Apostle Paul was the apostle who primarily went to what group of people? The Gentiles. Okay, so the former account I made, O Theophilus. Who's that? Theophilus? You know that word. You know the Greek of it frontwards and backwards, don't you, already? Theophilus means friend of God or lover of God. We're not sure exactly who Theophilus is, but we did note that both of the books, one's the gospel, the second one, this one we're in, is kind of the sequel both those books comprise 27.5% of the New Testament scriptures, so it's pretty significant. Now, he says what I was writing was of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Okay, I wanted to address a couple of things that are here in this introductory statement. Uh, One has to do with Jesus' appearances. And I would like to have a couple of volunteers. One thing we're going to look at is Mark chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 9 through 14. And then as regards infallible proofs, we're going to look at Luke chapter 24, verses 38 to 49. And then I'm just going to kick in just for giggles. uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 5 through 8. Do I have a volunteer? Thank you, Rick, for reading Mark chapter 16, verses 9 to 14. And then, uh, Jim, if you don't mind reading Luke you feel well enough? He's back. Okay, so you'll read Luke 24, 38 to 49. And then uh, the giggles, Jeremy, 
of 1 Corinthians 15, 5 to 8. Listen carefully. We're looking for proofs. We're looking for the evidence. That's what he says he's laying out here, right? Okay, go ahead, Rick. Okay, stop right there. He did what? What did Jesus do? He appeared. What does that mean? He's risen. There he is. Okay, keep going, Rick. She went and told her to with him and they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had seen by her, they would not believe him. After these things, he appeared in another form to do them as they were walking into the country. They went back and told the rest, but they did not believe him. After he appeared in the heaven and said as they were reclining at the table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw after he saw him after he had risen. Don't you love this? This is something that you find in the scriptures. You don't find in anything else. Most people wouldn't even write about this. Okay, so Jesus appears. And when he reveals himself, what happens? What's the reaction? Everybody's like, yeah, we knew you would raise from the dead. Amazing. That is simply amazing. Is that the response? No. What happened? They didn't believe. He goes from person to person, from story, recount, recount. They don't, even when he shows himself, they don't believe. He has to go so far as to do what? to rebuke them for their unbelief. Okay, I just, I think that's pretty staggering. If you're, t- <laughs> if you're writing a document to prove something, do you throw in there that nobody believes what we said? Doesn't that just tell you something about the Bible? Okay, the story doesn't stop there. Jim, will you read your scripture, please? He said, are you trouble? Find do doubts arise in your heart. Hold my hands and my feet. That is it. That it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does knock out flesh and bone, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marvel, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of boiled fish and some honeycomb, and he took it. Aided in their presence. Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Okay, watch this. All of this had to happen. It had to happen because what? It had been prophesied of. Okay, so... Jesus says, you know, this whole business of the death, burial, and resurrection, that that what you're seeing right now, this is the evidence of it. Oh, we don't believe. That's fine, because I'm also going to do what? I'm going to prove it 
to you, and then you will be, and this is important, it starts with a W. You will be witnesses of these facts. Not just, well, we saw Jesus. Well, was he real or was he a ghost? You know, you thought he was a ghost out there that time you told that story about being on the, on the water in the boat in the storm. You thought it was a ghost out there. Is this Jesus a ghost? No. What can he do? He can eat. He says, hey, where's the food? I'm hungry. Let's, let's do this. You can touch his injuries even left on his physical body from the crucifixion that had just happened. Jesus is like, handle me and see. You, you do whatever is going to be necessary in order to confirm in your own mind that the evidence is without question that I'm here. And then, once you're convinced of that, your responsibility is to go out and do what with it? Share that, right? He's going to tell them later, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Yes? Yes. But what good is that going to do if they go, but they're not convinced? No, they are convinced. He did everything that was necessary. And not only, not just that little group, but Jeremy, who else was involved? After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. I put the greater part remaining in the present. A son had fallen asleep. After that, he was, after that, he was seen by James and by all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen by me also. And by one more out of the time. Okay, so not only was it the immediate aftermath of the crucifixion, and you'd say, well, you know, maybe they were just, this was all just mass hysteria. They all think that they... But even one who had been in, in opposition to Christianity also could do what? Could testify, or let's keep using our word, he could be a witness to the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead. And being assembled, verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's, it's not for you to know the times of season which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses, there's that word, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay, we've heard this story before. Actually, he's quoting a statement that you also find over in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. We don't have to read that. This is just a restatement of this. This happened when Jesus was being baptized by John the Baptist. And John the Baptist makes the point that, okay, yeah, you know what, I'm baptizing with water, but there's going to be a time when he is baptizing with the Holy Spirit. Our text says what? That is imminent. That is imminent. Also, there's a question about the kingdom being restored. You get the idea that these disciples still have in mind that what's actually going to happen? An earthly kingdom. Uh, anybody know this text, John chapter 18 and verse 36, what Jesus had to say about that? If my kingdom were of this world, my disciples would do what? Rise up and fight. 
He's like, my, ki- my kingdom is not a physical kingdom. My kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. Again, here is something being referenced that is imminent. And then he mentions, he mentions witnesses here. We saw that in our text from, uh, from our examination of Jesus' proofs in the book of Luke. I wanted to, I wanted to examine that for, for a second. In the Greek is the word from which... Well, you can't read that well, can you? Is, is the word from which we get the English word martyr. What does a martyr do? A martyr dies for the cause. What would make you die for something you believe in? Well, you believe in it strongly, right? You believe there's no other option. I would die for Jesus because I believe that Jesus will do what in response to this death for him? He'll raise me up from the dead. I do not fear death. Okay, the word martyr is connected with the idea of witness. And I wanted to show you something. Uh, This is kind of fun. When you go through the book of Acts, what you're going to find. Okay, so you're going to find this this very term here, witnesses, that's translated out of the word. It's actually uh, martes. That's the Greek word. It's not martyrs, it's martes. Okay, but... From it comes martyrs. Okay, chapter 1, our text here is chapter 1, verse 8. You skip down a few verses, you'll also find it in verse 22. You'll find this word also in chapter 2 and verse 32, chapter 3 and verse 15, chapter 4 and verse 33, chapter 5 and verse 32, and also chapter 10 and verse 39. Okay, Rick. Uh, look at chapter 1 and verse 22, please. Read that for us. So what does verse 22 do? Yes, verse 22. Yes. These guys who are going to be... Matthias is going to take Judas's place. To be an apostle, one had to, to be an apostle who was able to bear witness, they had to know what? How much did they have to know? Okay, basically his entire ministry. I was a witness of his entire ministry. I was there when he's baptized. I was there when resurrected. I saw the whole thing. Does that make sense? If you're going to testify about Jesus, don't you need to have been a witness of everything? You think that window of opportunity was very small for apostles? Yes, it was. Okay, Rick, chapter 2 and verse 32. This is in the sermon that's preached there on the day of Pentecost. What does he say about himself and the others? This Jesus God raised us, and of that we are all witnesses. Stop! We saw him what? Raised up from the dead. Chapter 3, verse 15. What does that say? Okay, Peter and John, they're in trouble, but what do they say? We know this is that you did what? Ooh, not just that he's resurrected from the dead. You ki- oops, you killed him. We also know that about you. Okay, chapter 4, verse 33. Their 
great testimony. Guess what that word's translated from? They were witnesses. They testified from the knowledge, the experience. They, they handled Jesus. I mean, they know that that was fact. And then uh, chapter 5, verse 32. And we are all, and we are witnesses to those things, and so is the Holy Spirit. Oh, oh, wow, wait a minute. So the Holy Spirit too. Does that remind you of John chapter 15, verses 31 and 32? Remember that the Holy Spirit was one who testified of Jesus. Now we find out that the Holy Spirit is in conjunction with the work that the apostles are doing. What was the Holy Spirit supposed to do for the apostles? Remember chapter 16, verse 13. They were going to remind them of everything that Jesus had done. They're going to guide them into all truth. Would that be handy? Oh, I'm a witness of Jesus. Well, then tell me what Jesus did, such and such at such and such. Oh, ting, ting, ting. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's what he did. Boom. Isn't that amazing? And then uh, chapter 10, verse 39. Witnesses of all that he did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. What did they not know? They knew everything. They knew everything. Okay, also, uh, just for fun, so in uh, verse 8 said that we're going to begin in Jerusalem, then go to Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, or to the ends of the earth. Um, you can break down the book of Acts this way. The first seven chapters, chapter 1 through chapter 7, that deals with being in Jerusalem. When we get to chapter 8, guess what happens? Persecution arises, and they go everywhere preaching the word. So chapter 8... Through chapter 12, that happens. Chapter 13 really kicks off whose ministry? Paul's ministry as he's going on his missionary tour. So chapter 13 all the way through chapter 28, the end of the, the, end of the book. Okay, so now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Oh, boy. So, huh? Uh, yes, ab absolutely. Yes, kind of a, a segue statement there. Okay, why, why did he ascend, by the way? Why, did, why didn't Jesus, think about this, why didn't Jesus just stay? He would stay, see the church started. He could have even preached the first gospel sermon. Woo-hoo, that'd been amazing. Jesus left because he said he had to leave. You remember that? So let's say um, uh, to send what? The Holy Spirit. John... Um, Jim, will you read John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15? John chapter 16, verses 5 through 15. This will tell you all you need to know about what was just stated concerning... Well, now I go to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will 
Okay, stop there for a second. If I don't go, what? Holy Spirit's not... Okay, it would have been great to have Jesus here, but if you're going to send these apostles into all parts of the world and Jesus is in a physical body, how easy is that going to be for him to go and help them in their work? That's a big goose egg, zero. So Jesus taught them when he had them together. Then the purpose of the Holy Spirit was to go with them as they went throughout the whole world. Jesus said, that can't happen unless I go. Okay, keep... And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you'll see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all the world. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Okay. Does that answer your questions? Holy Spirit came because Jesus did what? He went to reign in heaven, sit on his throne. Here's the Holy Spirit empowering those men to take the gospel to the whole world. Now, he mentions here that there were two men. Uh, were those really men? Okay, angels. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Anybody know what that text says? Well, then let's read it. Rick, how about reading Hebrews 1, verse 14? It's the last verse in chapter 1. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they, uh, they not all ministering spirits, sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. Okay. What's the work of angels? You say, well, angels, they're ministers or they're spokesmen for God, blah, blah, blah. What does this text say that angels do? Who do they minister to? Us, Christian people. What were these doing here? The, the apostles are like, wow, look at Jesus. Oh, that's amazing. They're like, what are you doing? you got work to do. We're helping you along the way. And then also, Rick, would you read uh, chapter 13, verse 2? Hebrews. Just flip a few pages over. There it is. You know the story of Abraham. He's entertaining these angels. Lot did the same thing. They're like, huh, this looks like guys. Y'all hungry? Let's take it. But they're not, they were not. In fact, in Abraham's case, at least initially, none other than deity is in his presence. Angels, they, they didn't even realize it. Okay, now he says here in chapter 1, verse 14, their work is to minister. Think about, and, and we'll see this a little bit later, when Philip goes and joins himself to the chariot of the Ethiopian eunuch. Who sent him to do that? An angel did. Did the angel then intervene and preach the gospel to the eunuch? The answer is no, because the gospel 
is communicated through people. Through people. Uh, men of Galilee. Who are these Galileans? There's an interesting little, I don't know, um, development. You can go back to 2, 5, 8, and then back here to verse 11. Find out that those Galileans right there are none other than the apostles of Jesus Christ. Okay, it looks like the little ones are banging on the door. So we're going to stop right here and let's see, where were we? Yeah, we're going to, next time we'll pick up here at verse 12. We'll find out about how far a Sabbath day's journey is. Oh, I know that's one of those questions you always wondered about. So we'll get to that and look forward to finishing up at least this chapter next time. Thank you for your attention, your participation, and we'll take a few minutes break and then get ready for our devotion.
to go ahead and begin tonight and I want to begin by saying thank you very much for being here. We have visitors tonight and uh, we want to especially let you know how glad we are that you're here. I'm going to make this announcement twice so that it'll be in your brain. All of our children, all of our kids need to come down front like you do for kids sing right after we're dismissed and uh they're going to sing one kids sing song and Jordan's going to record this. It's going to be used on a commercial that we're doing for the church. So I don't know what it's about, but if you are if you normally come to Kids Sing, just come down front for briefly for just uh, a few minutes. And I'll say that again in a minute to make sure that we remember. So please, parents, make sure they do that. Uh, I do hope that you'll get a bulletin tonight, tonight and, and, and uh, check the sick. There's several on that list that need our prayers. We want to extend our deepest sympathy to Billy Taylor and the death of his mother, uh, Sister Geraldine Taylor. Uh, visitation with the family is going to be tomorrow from 12 and to 2 at the Boonville Funeral Home and the funeral is going to be at 2. Also if you can help bring food for the meal for the Taylor family if you'll sign the sheet that's in the foyer uh, we would appreciate that very much. We also want to express our sympathy to Elliot and Chloe Owens and the death of their dad uh, Courtney Owens. Of course Elliot and Chloe uh, come from time to time with JT and Linda Beard, and uh, we certainly want to remember that family in our prayers. We want to congratulate Anthony and Kathy Acock in the birth of their grandson, uh, Barrett William Acock, uh, born to Jason and Aaron on August the 3rd. And uh, the baby still is in the hospital, but he's making improvements, and uh, we want to continue to pray for those improvements to continue so that he'll be home with his family very, very soon. Uh, there's going to be a gospel meeting at Snowdown next week, the 14th through the 17th, with Chad Ramsey. Uh, we're going to take a group Monday night, and we'll leave uh, from the annex at 6.30. Monday night we went, uh, I forgot where we went, but we went somewhere. What? Jacinto, and uh, anyhow, we had a good turnout. That building was full, and we probably had, what, 25 total, 23, 25 folks from uh, Boonville, so if you want to come be a part of that Monday night, we'd love to have you. Uh, the youth group will be going to Acton Church of Christ this coming Saturday. Uh, you'll leave from the TAC at 6.15, eat supper before you come, and desserts will be provided after the singing. Now, this coming Sunday night's a very special night. I'm excited about this because I've never seen it before. I don't think any of you have seen it for a couple of years, but uh, I've heard about it. Northeast night is coming up. And uh, there's lots of food that's needed. There's still sign up, several sign-up sheets on the table in the foyer, so we need your help. Keep in mind that all classes are going to meet in the auditorium, and there will not be a kid scene, uh, which is why we're having it down front tonight. That's the second reminder. I'm going to give you a third in a minute. Uh, the food pantry and clothes closet is going to be open tomorrow as well as next Thursday, and the food pantry needed this week is rice. And I might mention that uh, you folks, uh, with what you do here, help provide 
food and clothes for some 135 families uh, during last month. And so, you know, people in this community know about you. They know about your work and your care for the needy. And uh, it's only because of folks like you that we're able to do things like this. So please bring the rice, if at all possible. That's all the announcements that I have. I do have written down here. Oh, kids down front. I've got that written down at the bottom. So remember, kids, come down front uh, for the uh, kids sing for just a minute. Uh, for our devotional tonight, Brandon Elliott's going to be leading our prayer, and uh, Jim Estes will dismiss us. No, Brent Elliott will be leading our singing, and Jim Estes will dismiss us in prayer. Number 1014, 1014, uh, you may know this song by heart, thought we'd give our kids a little warm up before they come down front. Jesus Revelation chapter 2, Jesus Christ accuses the church at Ephesus of having left their first love. He prescribes the remedy of remember and repent and do. You know, perhaps it's wise to ask ourselves how the relationship with us and our first love actually is. Uh, could there be some indications that maybe that love is growing somewhat cold or maybe it's becoming somewhat distant. Do we need to remember? Do we need to repent? Do we need to do? And it seems to me that it would be helpful for us to be aware of some of the warning signs that maybe our relationship with Jesus could be somewhat on the rocks. For example, I think we're in danger of leaving our first love when we're spending less time with Christ and we're spending less time being a part of his church. Or maybe we prefer the company of those who don't love Christ over the company of those who do. Or maybe we find it a lot easier to speak about worldly matters than that about Jesus Christ. Or what about little things that you know once bothered our conscience but now it doesn't seem to bother us much anymore? Or maybe worship and prayer and 
Bible study and reading have become somewhat redundant. Or perhaps we are finding Christianity to to be more and more inconvenient, maybe even somewhat intrusive. Or maybe money is more of a master than a means to bless others. Or maybe we have become increasingly irritable and miserable and bitter. Our attitude is not what it should be. We just don't have that desire to serve Christ like we once had. Or maybe we're becoming less benevolent and more judgmental toward other people. Or maybe it's Sunday and that's increasingly becoming more like any other day of the week than the day that we set aside to worship God. These are some things perhaps that, that may could help us to evaluate our relationship with our first love. Of course, that relationship can only begin when one obeys the gospel. Maybe tonight that there's those that need to do that. You may need to come tonight in faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Repent of your sins. You can be immersed in water as you make that confession of faith in Jesus Christ. You can begin that growing relationship with the Lord. Or maybe you're like the church here in Ephesus. Maybe your love has grown somewhat cold. Or maybe just lukewarm. Maybe tonight you need to come and make corrections in your life. And so tonight we sing this song of encouragement. And if you're one that needs to respond, we ask that you come now while we stand and sing. Gracious Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we've been able to assemble tonight to study your word. We're thankful, Father, for all the teachers and for the work that they put into preparing their lessons. We pray that we have gleaned something that would help us to be better Christians this week. We ask your special blessings to be with the family of Sister Geraldine Taylor. We ask that you help us 
to be instruments of comfort to that family. We love you, Father. We know that we have many on our sick list, many who have been injured or who are recovering from surgery, and we ask your special blessings to be with them. We know, Father, that we'll have great opportunities to teach tomorrow at the food pantry. We pray that you'd be with Brother Doug as he teaches the classes there, and we pray that you'd be with us this coming Sunday night as we have so many from Northeast that uh, will we'll be here. We pray that we'll have a great start to our college ministry. We ask now that you dismiss us with your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.